Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times of the COVID-19 pandemic, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. He is the current U.S. ambassador to China. Uh, many of you listening also know him as the former governor of the state of Iowa, Terry Branstad. Terry, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mike Jefferson. I appreciate this chance to be able to have the podcast with the uh, Greater Des Moines Partnership. And we appreciate that too, sir. And as a sidebar for those listening, uh, at the time of this recording, it's it's roughly about, what, 9.30 in Beijing right now? Yeah, well, it's actually 8.30 in Beijing. It's a beautiful spring day. The leaves are coming out and even our roses are coming up. So um, things are looking better. It's always n- nicer when it's spring. Absolutely. And you and your family are doing well during this time? We are. My wife and I are still here in Beijing. Uh, although about 65% of our mission, our embassy and consulates have uh, gone back under the voluntary uh, departure to the United States. And of course, you're now dealing with the uh, coronavirus back there as well. But uh, my wife and I are here, our daughter Allison and her husband Jerry and uh, their two daughters uh, uh, are back staying at our lake home at Lake Panorama. So she's still teaching here via the internet uh, to students here in Beijing, but they're actually living in Iowa right now because uh, they left uh, when uh, the the, uh, schools were closed here in in Beijing. And they're still closed, but the kids are taking classes uh, via the internet. I've got two boys at home and I'm playing the role of <laughs> homeschool teacher as well. So I, I totally know how that works. In addition to my daughter that's back there, I have two sons. And uh, so my son, Eric, with uh, four daughters and Marcus with two sons. And um, so they're, they're all, you know, staying home and, um, and doing some uh, homeschooling as well. Well, good. I'm glad everybody's uh, being safe and, and doing what they need to do as we as we get through this time. So you've been a U.S. ambassador to China since 2017, but I want to touch briefly on your time as governor here in Iowa. Uh, Can you share with us a a time or two maybe that you faced some challenges in that role that maybe before you really started working on them thought they were going to be impossible to overcome? Well, my first term as governor, which was 1983 through 1986, was coincided with the farm crisis in Iowa. It was a very difficult and stressful time. Land values dropped on the average 63%. We closed 38 banks. We lost a lot of farm machinery dealers and small businesses across the state. Uh, So it was a very difficult, stressful time. I'm very proud to say we did a lot to try to help people. Uh, We set up a rural concern hotline. We did farmer lender mediation services. We had a partial foreclosure moratorium. And then we worked really hard looking to the long term to diversify the economy, to add value to agriculture products. And we we had invested in things like uh, renewable fuels, ethanol and biodiesel. And we also focused on, on insurance and financial services as a 
way to, of course, Des Moines has always been a big insurance center, but we were able to attract significant uh, financial services jobs uh, to communities all over Iowa. And, of course, we worked to bring um, more manufacturing to the state as well. So um, I'm proud to say that Iowa came out of the farm crisis. It took a long time, but we came out stronger and more diversified. And I'm really proud of the record that we had. I served a long time as governor and left the state in a good position. And I'm really proud of the job that Kim Reynolds, that she's doing today. And so um, when you were dealing with some of those crises and working with your team, um, how did you keep the morale up, especially during, you know, such a, a devastating time like the, the farm crisis? Um, for the sake of our listeners that may be, you know, stepping in and embracing new leadership roles, what were some of the things you did to help your teams adapt and adjust accordingly as you had to make um, some very tough decisions? Well, I think it's really important as a leader to get there, and especially when you have something like a tornado or a flood or, and we had the flood of 93 while I was governor, Des Moines lost its waterworks. So we went through some real challenges there, but you need to be there, you need to reassure people, and you need to make sure that what you promise you can deliver, and, and then you need to try to do what you can to inspire others to get involved. And Iowans are very wonderful people, they're caring people, and they're very willing to volunteer and help. I remember going to a lot of uh, tornadoes and other disasters and seeing the tremendous number of uh, volunteers that show up to help uh, uh, in, in those times, to help clean things up and help rebuild. And so I think the, the leader needs to be there to reassure people and to encourage uh, people. And, you know, I, the, be- the worst in times can sometimes bring out the best in people. And that's what you as a leader want to do is try to inspire people to do what they can do. Uh, I know when we had the crash of Flight 232 in Sioux City, people just instinctively lined up to donate blood because they knew there was a need. To add on to that, what were some of the things that you maybe did personally to kind of to help keep your focus um, as a leader? Because, you know, obviously, as we all know, being a leader takes a lot of work um, and and a lot of mental stress can potentially be involved. What were some of the things that you did, um, you know, whether it was listening to music or playing games or, you know, something like that or practicing yoga? What were some of the things that you did to kind of help keep your focus and mental exercise, I think, was one of the things that really helped. I'm also, uh, you know, I I think uh, I'm a I'm a Christian. I, I'm a Catholic. I'm a, I'm one that uh, believes in going to church. And, uh, uh, I got a lot of help from, uh, um, ministers and counselors that helped me, but also I think, uh, just being active and being involved in exercise and, um, just being with other people. Uh, I'm, I'm a people person and I went to every County every year that I was governor and I really enjoyed, uh, getting to, know different people in all parts of the state and learning about the different things that are going on in the communities and trying to do what I can to recruit more business and jobs as well is something that I enjoy. And finally, to wrap this up, um, again, for the sake of people that may be listening in, stepping into a new leadership role, 
Um, how can you apply some of the lessons that, or how are you applying some of the lessons that you've learned through these past crises to today's coronavirus pandemic? Well, right now we are totally focused on helping get uh, personal protective equipment and medical supplies to people back in the United States. There's a critical need for masks and gowns and uh, respirators. And uh, I've got a task force that I put together. We call it personal protective gear and medical equipment for America. And we're working day and night on that. And we've had, I think, already already five plane loads that we sent from China to the United States. And we're working on much more. And I'm in touch with uh, American companies that are that have business operations here in China uh, and encouraging them to do what they can. And obviously, time is of the essence. It's all about saving lives and getting our economy going again. So uh, I'm really proud of the work we're doing here. And I've been working directly with President Trump's task force and with uh, FEMA, which I worked with when I was governor. And FEMA, of course, is now coordinating the acquisition of this material and getting it to the states and to the to the hospitals and the people that need it back in America. Ambassador Branstad, we appreciate your time today or tonight, I guess, technically, however you want to look at that. Thank you for sharing your lessons and, and insights that you learned. Hopefully, for those of you listening out there, you can take some of those to heart and apply them in your current uh, leadership roles. And with that, Ambassador, I hope you guys stay healthy and continue to keep doing the the work, the powerful work that you're doing over there in Beijing. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Mike. I've really enjoyed this opportunity to uh, visit with you and with the others that have uh, joined us on this podcast. Wish you all the best. Uh, Wish you good health and hope that, uh, you know, the situation improves dramatically in the not too distant future. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.